You're listening to to the Show We Go Baseball podcast. going on everybody welcome into episode 24 of to the show we go uh i have a full house today um it's it's not at hand today it is jamie gatlin and chris henrique with me today um so definitely uh, it's just like old times like we used to do um and our guest today is uh we were just talking off air it's our third mizzou tiger of the off season with uh josh lester and, and nathan landry in previous episodes so if you're a big mizzou guy listening to this go listen to those as well uh, but we have Ian Bedell. Ian, uh, just wanted to see how your offseason was treating you so far. So far, so good. Uh, after the season, I took two weeks off, uh, went back home for a couple of days, then went down to Springfield, Missouri to see my girlfriend and drove all the way out to Scottsdale, Arizona, where I've been for the offseason. And the second week that I was here, I met my dad in Taos, New Mexico and drove eight hours back the other way to have a weekend with him go hiking and fishing there and then come back so it's been eventful but it's been good holy cow um yeah it's uh i feel like this year has probably been just on top of you know coming back from the tommy john and um pitching again i feel like it's just been a crazy year uh, i i did want to dive into that a little bit though is uh i guess just what was your mindset like coming into the season, um, you know, being healthy again and just, uh, I guess, what, what was going through your mind as you uh, as you got back to the mound this year? Finally healthy. I think uh, they say it takes 18 to 24 months for you to feel, I guess, per- not perfect, but normal again. Uh, and after the year in 2022, I took three weeks off from throwing, picked the ball back up, and it felt noticeably different. And from that point, just have kind of, flown through uh the whole off season felt good the biggest goal was just to come into spring training feeling confident again uh i thought i coming into spring training in 21 uh i thought my stuff was about as good as it had ever been it was up there with uh when i was playing in the cape cod league uh so i was really excited and then blew out and then had to wait the entire time so getting back to that feeling of uh confident and having my stuff in the zone again in 23 was the biggest key uh, and then that kind of helped propel me forward throughout the entire year. But I uh, didn't really have any hiccups with my arm. There was like general soreness here and there as to be expected, but I wasn't really fighting through anything. So it was nice to finally be healthy again. Jamie, yeah. you're, uh, yeah. yeah, you're up. Sorry about that. Okay. How would you say you've changed as a pitcher, you know, since leaving Mizzou and um, through your time so far in the minors? Uh, the biggest thing I would say is just uh, I learned a slider uh, instead of throwing a spike curveball, which is what I used to throw in high school and then in college. I mean, it was horrible in high school. Like, I threw fastball changeup, really. And I threw a curveball, but I threw hard enough so people would still I, – I would get horrible swings on it thinking that it's good. And then I got to college and realized, okay, this thing is terrible. Finally learned an okay curveball uh, around my sophomore year. And then after Tommy John, never found it again. Still haven't found it. Tried to mess around with it. Can't find it. Need to go to Target, try and find it. I don't know. But uh, the slider, uh, I was messing around with one of the guys I was in rehab with, uh, Griffin Roberts. He was a first rounder out of uh, Wake Forest in, I think, the 
18 draft. Uh, but he had like a 70 or an 80 grade slider. It was stupid. It was a wiffle ball. But just working with him, trying to learn a slider was the biggest key. Uh, and then just learning pit, a little bit better of pitch sequencing, uh, pitching behind, having to throw some right on right changeups, mix things up. Uh, just more so, I want to say diving into the analytics because it wasn't really that, but just understanding uh, what you do well and how can you continue to do that well when behind in the count, ahead in the count, and being able to execute better than you did in college. Yeah. Is there anyone in the Cardinals that you've kind of looked to a lot to just help pitching-wise, whether it be a coach or some of your um, teammates? I would say me and my catcher, uh, Jimmy Crooks, he just got drafted out of Oklahoma last year. Uh, since this was my first year really working in the like as a pitcher in pro ball, uh, just talking with uh, sequencing and everything like that, uh, just throughout the game of, hey, why did you throw this certain pitch with this guy or why did you not go with – Ragic's curveball more stuff like that uh just trying to get a better understanding uh Tim Levesque is also he's our pitching coordinator uh he's been helpful I haven't had a ton of time with him just because he's more so down in Florida and wasn't really like with rehab like he was there sometimes but it was just all right we need to get you feeling better so that way we can actually get back to work so then he popped up uh in Beloit whenever that was like a month or a month and a half left in the season and uh, told me that I need to start throwing more uh, left on or right on left uh, sliders. I was only throwing it like 14% of the time, but it was my best, statistically my best pitch to them. And then the next week I went out uh, in Lake County and threw, I don't know, probably 15 plus uh, right on left uh, sliders and got a ton of swing and misses and uh, got some K's, but they also threw out eight of nine hitters as lefties. So it made it incredibly easy to work on that. Now, I mean, I, I still gave up a homer on one of them. I, I hung it. It was bad. Dude, he probably hit it 430 down right center. But regardless, I mean, just little tidbits of that, like information like that, of just learning how we can pitch better and be more effective. And so I, I guess to I actually was going to ask you a question about the slider, um, but mm-hmm. you kind of you you went in on on your own, so I uh, love that. But um, did you ever find yourself? So I know you said Griffin was like a big, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a person that kind of helped you develop that. Like was you know throughout the year when you were in Peoria, were you uh, just kind of comparing like grips with it just to see if you could mess with velo, anything like that? Like, or was it after Griffin kind of showed you the way? You're like, this is how I'm going to throw it for the rest of time. Uh, so right now I'm not really messing with the grip. Um, I've talked with a few pitching guys, uh, not with the Cardinals, just like off season, like training places. Uh, and one of the things that they mentioned is I've never known this before, but apparently you can be middle finger or pointer finger dominant, uh, with pitches. And apparently I'm middle or I'm pointer finger dominant. So shifting over from the slider being on the, or like the laces being on the middle finger, to the pointer finger is apparently in theory going to help me throw it a little harder and spin it better. So I'm going to start, I'm going to try messing around with that. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but in relation to Peoria, uh, I didn't really mess with the grip at all. Like Griffin kind of showed me the grip kind of how to throw it. And then I had to like learn my own cue of how I wanted to throw it. He thought about a ping pong paddle and a ball of literally trying to create as much spin as possible. And I don't spin the ball like that. He can 
I, I don't have that. So I had to think of how can I get the same effect with a little different of a cue. And mine was just trying to reach out and touch my partner's uh, right shoulder and spin the ball. So like he thinks ping pong paddle, I think I got to reach. And I get a little slider, whereas he got a giant one. But hey, it works, it works. Yeah, I, I learned a lot about that this past year, just, um, you know, being around some guys that, you know, had a veteran throwing partner, per se, in AAA. Mm-hmm. If they're a young guy, they had a veteran. And he was just like, oh, well, this guy's throwing it this way. And I was able to add like three mile per hour on this slider just by gripping it differently. It's just it kind of opened my yeah. eyes to just like everybody kind of throws it a little different and uh, yeah. it could work for some guys, couldn't work for others. So I was curious on that, if you had maybe taken some pointers over the year after you had initially learned it. So um, that actually leads me to my next question here. And I, you kind of brought it up a little bit. Did I see you were working out at Cressy this off season? Uh, I have worked out at Cressy's the last, I guess, two of the last three. When I had uh, surgery, I did my rehab at the facility in Jupiter. Uh, and then this year I'm at Terra Sports. I wanted to live with my uh, college roommate, Trey Dillard. So decided to come out West and see what the off season is out here. But I had been at Cressy's last year and then in uh, 21. So I, so since you recovered there, went through your rehab and everything, I'm sure that place holds a little special place in your oh, life. Oh, absolutely. But, I love um, that place. So uh, I know there's a ton of guys that are down at Cressy, even right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing them post all over Instagram and it's just like, they have some guys out there. So what was that oh, yeah. like, I guess, just being down there in Jupiter and being around some good talent while you were going through the rehab process? Uh, it was incredibly helpful. Uh, just like your foam rolling next to Michael Walker. Like I played golf quite a bit with uh, Tanner Houck, uh, just another Mizzou guy. Uh, but just learning, uh, like talking to other minor leaguers, occasionally big leaguers about how they go about certain things, getting to watch what they do during training. It's, it's extremely helpful. I guess that doesn't hurt that it's right in the backyard of the Cardinal spring training. Uh, I mean, it does make there. it easy. Yeah. It does make it easy. Um, how was, uh, how was Hulk on the golf course? Uh, the dude can hit a mile. I think it's a seven iron, like 210 yards. It's stupid. <laughs> Man, dude, it's, uh, all right. That's good to know. I mean, it's, uh, there's another Mizzou. I, we were talking about him off air, but Nathan Landry, he, uh, he is probably the worst golfer that has, uh, that it's admitted how bad he is, but he's a Canadian. So we're going to let it slide because he can't golf that long. Um, <laughs> so now looking, uh, well, Chris, actually, I feel like we've been, we've been hogging the mic from you here. Um, you, you got anything for me right now? Well, let's circle back just really quick. I wanted to, um, I want to ask you because you had mentioned, um, you know, after you had gotten Tommy John and how you were, you know, it takes that time frame, that 18, 24 months for you to start to mm-hmm. feel yourself. Your first appearance back, you went two and two thirds, punched out seven. How was that just for you to kind of like set your confidence, knowing like that was like to come back, you go, you know, two and two thirds and you get the seven strikeouts? How did that go about just kind of setting up the, you know, those next couple appearances for you? That was a very big confidence boost. So I went through the start of spring training, uh, struggling a little bit, uh, just because I had only, I came into spring training having thrown to hitters in live BPs, I think one time. And then I showed up early to spring training as well, since I was already down there. So I joined the step camp 
even though I technically wasn't being paid for invited, but I, I was allowed to join freely. Uh, and facing some veteran hitters uh, definitely was helpful in that sense. And then when we actually got into the like actual games of playing the Nationals and Mets and all that, uh, I saw my stuff started to play a little better, uh, just learning how to get back in the zone because in 2022, like it was not a spray and pray, but when I got to low A and having to play catch five hours before the game, whereas in the FCL, we would be the starter. So it was just super easy. You play catch and you're in the game instantly. Uh, so just learning all of those little things. And then, uh, launch padding into that first game against Cedar Rapids at home. Uh, I actually cut my finger, uh, my <laughs> ring, yeah, ring finger, uh, cleaning a knife opening day. So I wasn't able to throw the first two days. And every time I threw my change up in that game, like it split open a little bit, I had to super glue it. So I wasn't sure how the game was going to go. And then I, everything just fell into place and I had my parents in the stands because Peoria, Illinois is only an hour and a half from where I grew up. So they got to come to a lot of the games. So having them in the stands for that, I was like, okay, this is, this is really cool. And then things just launch padded off of that. No other issues after that with the knife though, with the, on your, Oh no, it was literally just the one week. We just kept super gluing it. And then about a week later it went away. Did I see that right? You, you said uh, Davenport, Iowa was only like an hour and a half from Peoria? Yep. Hour and a half. Wow. From okay. our apartment door to my home door was an hour and 28 minutes. Okay. I, did, I, I have to give a shout out to the fiance. She is a Bradley alum. So I Good finally. Bradley. Yeah. So I, I had to be taken back to a wedding there this past uh, couple weekends ago. And it was my first time ever seven foot in Peoria. Um, she always said it was like the streets were paved gold and all this stuff. Cause she, no, she probably <laughs> girl. I'm like, all right, like I get it. I get it. Um, but I don't at the same time, but it's all good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did have a question though. So when you, when you got to Peoria this year and you were, um, you actually, you're, I just double checked your, your numbers were fantastic. So, um, did they kind of tell you that you were going to be spending the whole year there or was there ever, did they, or were you kind of thinking like, okay, am I going to get that call up to Springfield? Uh, about just before all the entire time I thought that I was going to be, or like have a chance to go up. Uh, and then around all-star break it, like I got the news that I was going to be staying there not directly saying that i was going to be staying there but like hinting that i would so uh that second half uh like i kind of full-fledged knew i couldn't like really say to anybody who's like oh when are you gonna go up I'm like uh i don't know whatever but like in the back of my mind like i i kind of knew that i was going to be there not at the start but halfway through the year i knew and so what did that was it kind of like, uh, was it one of those things where you were just, it was like a double-edged sword where you're like, man, that kind of stinks. But at the same time, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go out here and really prove it. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm putting up good enough numbers to get up to double A. I would say it definitely was a double-edged sword. I mean, the reasoning behind it, I understood uh, because they were capping me at four innings or 65 pitches pretty much the entire year. I think I had three or four starts where I was allowed 75 or 80 pitches uh, or five innings. So I, I knew why I was not going up 
the competitor in, the competitor in me always wants more pitches. Like, okay, like I feel great at 65. Let me go 80. And it's like, you're not going 80. You're going four innings or 65 pitches. Whatever comes first, that's what you got. So it was more so just, all right, how can I be as efficient as possible, get four innings, and still put up like quality innings? And um, so you went to Missouri State. I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm a little off the rails right now, but you're a Missouri State, correct? Or a uh, Mizzou guy. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why I said say at the end. That's uh, I'm going to get canceled for that. Um, <laughs> the double A for the cards is in spring. Uh, this was my question. Yeah, Springfield, Springfield, Missouri, Missouri. OK, so yep. Missouri State country. I'm sorry. I, yeah. You're a Mizzou Tiger. I, I uh, I'm going to get canceled for that one. Um, is it, it, does it excite you at all to get a little closer to the stomping grounds whenever, uh, I, I would assume double A is going to be coming up here this next season. So is that, is, is it kind of, you're getting a little further from home, but you're getting closer to the college stomping grounds. Like, is that exciting you at all? Uh, yes, I'm getting closer, I guess, away from home, closer to relatives. I have family in Oklahoma city and in, uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. And then ironically, my girlfriend lives in Springfield, Missouri. So she's currently in uh, PA school at Missouri State and has grown up there her entire life. So it's a little bit, a uh, little bit of a like bittersweet. Like, okay, you're not near home. Parents can't be at every game, but you get to be at Springfield with the girlfriend <laughs> and her family. So a little, little bit of both. And not catching. And then having not, Columbia and cl- closer yeah. is definitely good. I love Columbia. Yeah, not not Missouri State. I will am not recommending uh, Missouri State to anybody. Uh, Columbia is definitely the uh, yes, exactly. We got a big one this this next Saturday, which I might ask no you a little later about because I I'm sure you have some uh, opinions on that. Um, all right, so I did have some one offs, but if you guys had baseball questions, Jamie or Chris, um, if you guys want to dive into some. Yeah, I mean, mine's kind of a baseball question. It's 50-50. Out of all the minor league cities you've been to, I like we like to ask this just to get guys' perspective. What's the favorite, you know, favorite city that you've been to, um, you know, so far? You know, I grew up a Cardinals fan, and it really pains me to give the Cubs any props. But South Bend, Indiana, and their setup there is absolutely incredible. Yeah. They were a five-minute walk to the stadium, staying in downtown South Bend. You got breakfast spots all throughout downtown. One of them even gives you, I think, 10% off if you lose. <laughs> Not an incentive wow. to lose, but, I mean, it's the closest one there. Uh, shout out to Pegs. But the clubby, the faci- like the facility, the stadium, everything's incredible. On Thursdays, they have a senior night, which is for Notre Dame seniors. They sit right behind the bullpen and it's like dollar beers and dollar dogs. So there's a bunch of drunk guys just behind you just wanting to talk. None of them even were just like in your ear talking the whole time. They just wanted to talk light. It was hilarious. But South Bend, Indiana, unfortunately, the Cubs definitely was the best city that we played in. And then I'm I'm also partial, not the best city because Quad Cities, I got to sleep at home for six straight days and pet my dog. So that one obviously wins. But if we're going like true setup and we take out like my hometown pride of it, South Bend, Indiana won. Nice. I'm gonna have to I have to put that on on my bucket list. And also, that as was, you said, you know, being a Cardinals fan, what was that like? You know, go to school in Mizzou and then get drafted by the team you you know loved watching growing up. 
through the draft process, I never thought it was going to be the Cardinal. Uh, I thought it was going to be, if I'm remembering correctly, granted, this is four years ago. It was uh, Royals, Rockies, and Brewers is where I really thought the teams were. Cardinals weren't even in the picture until they were. And then when it finally came around, I was like, absolutely, Cardinals. Let's go. I was going to say, it's. Uh, I feel like... I feel like the cards aren't really um, – it, it's been rare lately for uh, Mizzou guys to be end up in that system. I feel like, uh, you know, I, I thought for sure when Tanner Houck was coming out of St. Louis for high school, I was uh, – he got drafted by the Blue Jays, and I was kind of like, man, like I thought the cards would be all over that. But um, it is kind of cool, though, that you got to go to your hometown team. And I was going to ask you about Iowa. There is a guy in the Red Sox system uh, that that's from Iowa. You might – know the name theo dinlinger Mm-mm. okay i think he's from like a town that's maybe there i'm gonna say it wrong it's it starts with a d do do i can't dubuque? i'm not even gonna dubuque, dubuque? there you go okay had, yeah, that's to, had a cue in it okay yeah um he's from there okay he went to bradley for bait for college baseball but he's now okay. in the red sox system and i had asked him at one point i'm like what was what was high school baseball like in iowa like i i don't really uh you only hear about college football in iowa so like what was it like i guess just playing baseball and sports in iowa uh, i have a gripe to pick with iowa when it comes to baseball because we play in the summer and that is absolutely stupid to me i think we're one of like three states that do that. I think Wyoming, I don't even know if they have high school baseball anymore. And Wisconsin, I think just transitioned into, you could pick spring or summer. And I was the only one that does summer to my knowledge, maybe Wisconsin still, but uh, yeah, Illinois, which is five minutes away. Like Moline, Illinois is five minutes away from me. Their season opens up in March and our first game is May 25th. Wow. So the entire time that the rest of the country is playing from March to May, Iowa does nothing except for the perfect game spring league, which no, which it's great for hitters because you get to see reps, but it's not really set up for any pitcher because you don't have organized practices. You're throwing in 40 degree weather, having not thrown outside. And then you go outside and you're freezing and you get hurt and things get jumbled up. So I ended up leaving Iowa high school baseball my junior year and went and played for a travel team and stayed with the host family in Cincinnati. Uh, And then my senior year, I reclassified and went to Missouri early uh, because I wasn't going to have the ability to play in the spring. And when the draft came around, I was going to have two starts before the draft actually happened. So it was either, okay, I'm not getting drafted and I'm going to school having had two starts and I'm going through winter workouts and missing my entire senior year, or I have two starts and I'm showing up to the FCL with less than 10 innings under my belt for the entire year. So it it, it doesn't really pan out great for high school guys that way. Uh, But competitively, I would say it's, it's okay. Uh, There's obviously you have a ton of small cities. You can't have these massive cities like, Scottsdale, Arizona, where we're at, where my buddy was telling me about how he had eight division one guys on his team. I was like, yeah, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen at all. It doesn't happen in a lot of places, but. No, it doesn't happen in a lot of places, but uh, my high school teams were fairly good. We lost in the 
we call sub-state finals. So there's 48 4A teams. All 48 make the state playoffs. You get broken into six subsets of eight, or no, eight subsets of six. So the one seed, if they win their first game, skips the second round and goes to the third round, which is the sub-state final. So eight teams end up making uh, the state tournament, and that's where it's, it used to be played in Des Moines at the AAA Stadium for the Iowa Cubs. I think now, after COVID, it might be played at the University of Iowa's field. Uh, but it's, it's an interesting time just because your season is from May to the end of July, and then you can play fall ball if you want, but if you don't, you play two and a half months. And that's Jeez. it. I'm assuming Mizzou got interested and went once you maybe when you did go to Cincinnati, is that when the interest really started firing up or? Uh, so I committed to Missouri in January of my sophomore year of high school. So like, I actually committed to Tim Jamison staff. And then yeah. that next year, the whole staff was resigned or let go, however you want to word it. Uh, and then the new staff came in and still honored my scholarship. Uh, but the interest to uh, come in early started in the fall of my junior year, or no, fall of my senior year. So I, I knew before like October of my senior year that I was going to go early and our high school runs on block systems. So you take four classes each quarter. So a chemistry class is a semester long and an econ class is a quarter. So you can just rifle through your whole high school degree. And I needed two or three classes. And one of them was a gym class to graduate. So it was, it was really easy for me to graduate and get to Missouri. The only difference is I didn't take any AP classes. So I came in with I think three college credits when I probably could have come in with like closer to 15. It's interesting when you put it like that. Um, I, I was never an AP guy either. So I was, I felt like I was behind everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I took one class. I got a one on the stats exam. Not a good time. <laughs> I would not recommend not, not a good no. time at all. Um, I ended up getting A's in stats in college, but I got a one on the AP stats exam. I, I don't even think I could have ever even gotten close to taking that test. Uh, I was math was not my thing. I should not have taken the test, but math was my thing. But that test was not interesting. Chris, what do you get? You look like you want to. I do. I got something for you. So I wanted to ask you about your time out here. So we're um, you played at Wareham when you were at the Cape Cod League. What was just your thoughts on the Cape out here in Massachusetts and your perspective on this area? Uh, first thing that comes to mind is my host family, the DeAngelis. They're incredible. Love them. Still talk to them multiple times throughout the year. Uh, the the baseball was great. The Wareham field was interesting. I've never seen a black infield before. <laughs> uh, wow. But it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. That's still the most fun summer I've ever had playing baseball through growing up uh, and all the way probably even to now. I mean – just being on the Cape was incredible. And the uh, lobster rolls and clam chowder wasn't half bad either. I was going to ask you, that was going to be my next question was the food. Uh, we usually ask players about their food experience, whether it's um, at the ballpark or, um, you know, wherever they're, they're, you know, 
playing at. Did you get a, a, any opportunity to get outside the Cape and, and did you get a chance to make your way out to like Boston or anything along those lines to kind of take in that, uh, you know, we, uh, we played one time in Boston. Uh, we played at some high school field. Uh, and then also, also we had, uh, the, like, I guess pro day or whatever at, uh, Fenway. Uh, so just a very limited amount of time in Boston. And then one of the games, for some reason, we played in Hartford, Connecticut at the yard goats stadium. Uh, and that was a home game for us, even though we had to drive like two and a half, three hours, whatever it is to Hartford. Great stadium. I, I don't know why That's we went no there, though. Uh, but the the stadiums were, were interesting, but the baseball was awesome and it were incredible. All right, Andrew, I think we're ready for the random questions. The one-offs, as we like to do towards the end. Well, you know that the first question is going to be the most controversial, but I'm actually there is a right answer for this question, and I'm hoping okay. I'm hoping with you being a Mizzou guy that you have been there at least. I, I know I know there's no locations in Iowa, but we're gonna we're gonna see here. All okay. right. So my first question here, and it's the most important. What is your go to fried chicken fast food place? I mean, fried chicken. I'm not, I'm counting out Popeyes. Uh, so it's either Canes or Chick-fil-A. And I don't really know if you can count Chick-fil-A as a fried sandwich. So I'm going to go with Canes. I don't think that's the answer Andrew was looking for. It's not the answer. I think, I think um, the, the only other one that I can think of that's not in Iowa that's in Columbia is Slim's Chicken. Oh, come is that what you're on. looking for? No. <laughs> I was about to say, that's the only one I can think of. You never of went to Zaxby's in, in Columbia? I'm not a Zaxby's guy. Oh, oh man. I support I support everything he just said. Let the record show. I think those are the right answers. Not a Zaxby's guy. Can I ask why? I don't like the breading. It's like too crunchy for me. I want like the the batter, not the not the super crunch. So how would you how I love canes and I will never talk bad on canes at all, but how how can you hate or not, not hate it, but just not be a Zaxby's guy, but you can be a Cane's guy. They're almost the same thing. Because the bread is 10 times better. Man, um, that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Um, <laughs> I Josh Lester is a Georgia guy. He's a Mizzou guy, and he said Cane's or Zaxby's. He said Zaxby's, and there's two Zaxby's in Columbia. The one that's off of, I think it's off of University Boulevard is the better one. The other one's kind of like off campus tucked away a little bit South. Mm -hmm. It's like South. I know, I know that one. Yeah. It's like right next to a hotel and there's some other stuff there. Yeah. He said that yeah, one yeah. was like the one to go to. He said the other one was terrible apparently, which I, I don't, I only went to that one by the hotel. Um, I don't man, even know what the Canes. other ones. I just know by the hotel. Okay. Canes. I don't hate Canes, but Popeye's and Chick-fil-A was allowed in that too. I consider that fried chicken. I mean, it, it yeah, kind I'm, of is. I'm not a huge Popeye's guy either. I've only had it okay. two or three times and one of them was at an airport. So probably not the best uh, reasoning to throw it out, but wasn't a fan of it as much. Yeah. Um, okay. Second question. If I ever found myself in Iowa, which I'm not sure when or if ever that'll ever happen, where would I find seafood at? Like good oh, seafood. God. Oh, 
dude, I I don't know. Your grocery store? <laughs> like, I if want you're a going restaurant out, here. Not, you want a restaurant? I mean. And it can't be Red Lobster. No. And the sad thing is the only other thing I can think of is Joe's Crab Shack, which is not <laughs> it either. <sighs> I don't know. You're better off with a mom and pop, whatever city you're in, looking up seafood. Because I can't think of a chain that is like really good seafood. It, it's hard. So did you did you ever order seafood out anywhere growing up? Like, did you think, oh, like the, Joe's Crab Shack was the real stuff? I mean, like, we... I would get salmon or catfish, but I wouldn't count cat, catfish as seafood. Yeah. But salmon, yeah. Okay. I was curious. I, I grew up in St. Louis, so like I was kind of in the same boat where it's like, you know, the body of water here is the Mississippi. There could be like a hundred. I mean, you can get good catfish. Yes, that is true. Um, the catfish at the VFWs on a Friday was pretty freaking good. So I will give you that. Uh, but I don't think that's really seafood. I I felt I thought no. we called it uh I forgot what we called it. Lake rat food or something. I forgot what we called it. I don't know. All right. Um Chris or Jamie, do you have any one-offs? I do. I do. So um, I, got a, I got a few, but I'll start with this. So Halloween in the books, did you mm-hmm. happen to go out for Halloween? Did you have a, did you do a costume? If not, have you done one in the past? And what was probably your most outside the box Halloween costume? I'm a homebody. So I was at home, did not go out at all. Uh, but best co- Halloween costume was pro- so every year at the zoo, uh, Coach Beezer would do a uh, Halloween party at his house, and like best costume would win a certain thing. Uh, me and my roommates dressed up as the bench warmers, so we were Howie, uh, Gus, and uh, Richie. Uh, I was Richie, so <laughs> I was that one was probably the. Not outside the box, but that was probably the best one I've I've done in a while. Okay. How was uh how was uh, Beezer's uh, costume game? Uh, he always did something with his wife. So I remember one time that he was like Batman, and then another year I can't remember uh, the movie uh, about the women playing baseball, uh, MLB oh, baseball, League of Their Own. What is it? Yeah, League of Their Own. One one year they wore costumes of League of Their Own, uh, so they weren't bad. But he always did a, he always did a couple of costumes. Okay, I I didn't know what to expect. I I always thought Beezer was super cool, um, and obviously all the players loved him. Um, but uh, that, that that actually I wanted to ask you a little bit about that too. And um, I guess my first part of this next question is. Um, does it like kind of excite you? And I know we were kind of talking about it a little earlier and even off air of, you know, a lot of the Mizzou guys being around and uh, you with guys being drafted as past year, like Luke Mann and a few other guys, like, is it been exciting just seeing you know, a lot of Mizzou talent coming into uh, professional baseball? It definitely is. I mean, it's not just so much Mizzou. I mean, obviously you want all of your teammates, but just everywhere you go, you play summer ball. I played in lacrosse, Wisconsin, and I played out in uh, Wareham. So just seeing all the guys that you know get their chance in pro ball is great. So, like, I still keep up to date with, like, Connor Ash, like, on a weekly or every other week basis. Uh, My roommate, Trey Dillard, uh, just signed with the Phillies, Luke Mann. So just everybody that's in pro ball, it's great, especially when it's Mizzou. But just all of your buddies in general is uh, 
where you love to see it. So like Brandon fought for the Diamondbacks. Uh, he started game three against Scherzer. Like we played with him in the Cape. So getting to watch those games is like, wow, this is cool. Or Bryce Elder making his first all-star game this year for the Braves. So it it definitely is cool seeing it. Uh, Mizzou guys get their chance, but just everybody that you've ever played with as well. Yeah, and also shout out Max Scherzer as well. Um, and Mizzou Ian Kinsler for the special advisor. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was kind of funny because uh, I, I remember um, when when Lester was talking previously, he was, uh, he was with the Orioles this past year, and he was mm-hmm. in the locker room with Kyle Gibson. And yep. when Ian Kinsler was going through the coaching search, you know, he was involved pretty heavily. He would call Kyle Gibson and Lester just got to be kind of a part of it. He was kind of just like, cause he was, they were in the locker room together and they were always talking about, like, Oh, like what's, what are they going to do for coach and everything? And uh, Gibson was heavily involved with Kinsler on the search committee thing. So it was kind of cool that they were involving like some of the yeah, veterans, cool. some of the guys that, you know, put, put Mizzou on the map for the most part. So I thought that was yeah. actually really cool that they did that. And I think Carrick is the man. So um, definitely excited about that. I had one of my final questions here. I, I'm sure you follow Mizzou football quite a bit. Um, do mm-hmm. you stand a chance on Saturday? I mean, I, we definitely stand a chance. I think that it's a little disrespectful that we're 16 point underdogs. I guess I that it's at Georgia, but I mean, they've been playing incredible. The defense has shown up. Minus the LSU game, 50 points is not going to win us a game. But if we can make it a little bit of a dogfight of like 24, 27, 31, 27, something like that, I like our chances. I agree, man. I, I looked at the line today and it was 15, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, are, yeah. are we not like 12th in the college football playoff ranking right yeah. now? Like, you got to be kidding me. right. STP, man. I love that. I love what Drinkwitz is doing. I absolutely, um, I'm, I'm convinced we're going to win that game, which is going to probably backfire, but it is what it is. It's the life. Of uh, you got to have the fandom. I'm excited for the to. basketball season here starting on Monday. Oh, that's right. College basketball. Yeah, college basketball starts on Monday. I kind of forgot about that. Snuck up on me here. Um, all right, Chris, Jamie, I got one baseball question left to kind of end it. So do you guys have empty in the bench here? Do you got anything, any final thoughts? I got kind of one one-off, which isn't nearly as much as the fried chicken one. Um, <laughs> and one more baseball one. Just the one-off would be if you weren't playing baseball, I know you said lacrosse, but what sport would you pl- would you be playing if it wasn't baseball? Golf. I'm Golf. not the, I mean, I'm okay. I didn't play a lot as a kid. I played probably three or four times a year, but as a pitcher, and that was the, that was a giant perk of Peoria because we had two golf courses that would let us play for free. So I'd be like, Hey, I want a tee time for nine o'clock today. They're like, all right, see you soon. And then you walk in, get your cart and drive off and play 18 holes or whatever you wanted to do. Uh, So I got a lot better because of that, but I would throw my time into golf for sure. Nice, nice. I think I, I did golf a couple of weeks ago here and there there's a group behind it and it got to the point where I just stopped hitting. Um, and I was like, you guys get your, get your stuff done. I'll go after you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can play through. Come on. Yeah. I was, yeah. Like, I, I was like, I have nothing to do today. You guys just go. Uh, yeah. Then my last one would be, if you could pick one, you know, baseball memory, whether it's from the minors, from college, what would be your favorite or what stands out the most? Easily pitching at home. Uh, getting to pitch in Quad Cities uh, this year. So the first time I came back, uh, I think there was, I handed out or like wrote down like 56 names for tickets. 
And then my mom's or my mom has two book clubs. So both book clubs skipped book club and went to the game. My dad's slow pitch softball team came to the game. They had a suite. Uh, the youth baseball team that I played for has 17 teams in the organization, and I don't know how many of them showed up. So there's probably like over 600 people. It was truly a home game for us with crowd noise until I got pulled in like the fifth, fourth or fifth inning. Uh, but it was incredible. Like I was outside the dugout for like an hour after the game signing stuff for kids. But that was uh, the, the full circle of watching games there as a kid to – going to college, having rehab, coming back and getting the pitch there twice was incredible. My random last one-off question is because I've seen a few people comment on this through social media. I saw some weird TikToks, but how early is too early to put up a Christmas tree? Okay. I'm glad you brought this up. Because <laughs> my girlfriend does it starting November 1st. She calls November 1st Christmas 1st. I'm like, that's not how this works. You can put it up the day after Thanksgiving. There is no Christmas music or thanks or like Christmas tree before new, before Thanksgiving. Drives me crazy. There's a there's a time and a place. Black Friday, feel free. Blast the Christmas music. The day before, there better not be a tree up. The second that November 1st hit, um, usually before I go to bed or when I wake up in the morning, try to get going, I'll you know clear through the socials and I'll go on TikTok. And um, yesterday morning, it was a TikTok of, I guess from like the Jason movie, they like dubbed over the All I Want for Christmas from Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. Comes through and he like kicks it. And it got me thinking, I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, what people truly do. Now, full disclosure, I don't have a lot of space. I have a one-bedroom apartment. And I, I have storage, but I don't have, like, my Christmas tree has to stay behind my bedroom door. It won't fit in the closet. Like, I just, if I do, I'll ruin it. And the story about my Christmas tree is I actually bought it about four years ago from QVC. But I was drunk. So I was drunk. I was at the bar. I remember, like, eyeing Christmas trees online. I'm like, oh, it's, like, easy pay. Well, I ended up spending like 400 bucks on it. I got the wrong size. So you bet your ass this tree right now is staying right, staring me right down, <laughs> right there. So, um, but it's really mainly for space. But I was just actually curious though, as to how others perceive Christmas tree decorating and everything. So um, the day after Thanksgiving free, the day before, like you walk into probably like JC Penney's right now, they're probably playing Christmas music. It's like, I guarantee yeah. it's probably last week they probably started. Probably it's like Dude, they already did it. Target, Target, Target already had all the stuff up already, like a week or of two. Of course ago. they do. Of course, Nuts, leave man. the Target. And that's like the best holiday too, right? Is Thanksgiving because it's like yeah, you know, you, you get time with family, and literally what it's all about is just eating food. Like, how can you not enjoy that? Yeah. Why do you want to you skip get to over eat that? Anything and everything you want, and then when it's done and over, you go in and you grab cold ham out of the fridge. I mean, it can't be better. I agree, so man. You uh, you you do ham. You do uh, turkey and ham. We do both. You both. Uh, I'm I like ham more. I'll eat turkey, but if I had my way, it'd be ham. Any particular side? So, like to me, I would love to do like a friendsgiving where it's strictly no main dish. It's all sides. Like everybody just bring your favorite side. Um, what's what would be your favorite go to? Have to have it every Thanksgiving. 
so my mom does a like green beans and cashews with like a honey glaze. I love that. Uh, and then sweet potatoes with marshmallow fluff. Cool. Um, I'm in. That's that's the big one that has that I have to have. That one. It kind of sounds like dessert, though. It definitely is, but it's it's so good. So you right. get the gooey from the marshmallow when it melts mm-hmm. into that sweet potato. Mm-hmm. Listen, it, it definitely is more it. of a dessert. But yeah. yeah. Now you guys, now you guys got me hungry. I have to make up a whole meal after this. <laughs> telling you, friendsgiving of all sides needs to be a thing. You know, I always thought my I my uh, fiance, I thought my fiance was crazy because she buys stuffing like year round. Like she'll get it and we'll eat it in like March. And I'm just like, I thought only people ate this at like at, like Thanksgiving time. But she loves. I'm, I'm with you. I didn't. I didn't know people really did that. I like, either man round on the side. All year long, all year long, they sell it, and she'll get it for a meal and be like, "Oh yeah, we're eating like chicken with like broccoli and stuffing." And I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, "Well, I mean, I've occasionally like- had stuff, or like I guess we call it dressing if it's not stuffing. Like I've had dressing like occasionally, but I guess that's more of a Bradley thing, huh?" I guess, man. It's uh, it's weird to me. It might be a Peoria thing. So hopefully you're not back there this next year. But <laughs> all, all jokes aside. But all right. So my last question: You've given us 45 minutes of time, so we definitely appreciate that. Um, so to kind of just end things off, are you are you a goals guy at all? Like, do you set goals going into each year? As a kid in high school, I would put like printouts of the goals that I wanted and tape them up to my uh, like closet door. So, yeah. Okay. So I guess now that you're going into an off season, you're healthy. Um, you are going into spring training healthy. What goals do you have in mind, I guess, on the field and off the field as you enter your next season here? Uh, the biggest thing for this like off season goal is to clean up the mechanics, try and uh, do a better job of keeping my shoulders back at, uh, like plant, I tend to be a little bit too rotational rather than segmented. Uh, so trying to clean that up, help keep the arm healthy. And the biggest goal is to try and add some velo to the slider. I'd like it to be in like the 84 to 87 range, whereas this year it was uh, 82 to 85. Uh, and I think just having a year under my belt with it and being more comfortable, uh, being able to throw it a little bit harder should, uh, should be realistic goal. And then hopefully this uh, grip change or manipulation, whatever you want to call it, uh, can also help it as well. Well, I, uh, I I definitely will be looking out for you whenever uh, the spring training comes around. And uh, we appreciate the time, giving us 46 minutes of your time. So definitely appreciate that. And we're going to be looking forward to seeing you, hopefully in Springfield, Missouri, uh, as we start the 2024 year or so. So, Ian, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys.